Good afternoon. We are back with a number, another episode of the Sean Mo Hoops Pod and another season of the Sean Mo Hoops Pod. And what, what type of season would it be without having uh, my esteemed guest and colleague Mikey V on to kick off the college basketball season? Uh, last time we were, we were on was, was probably in March, and then last time the, the podcast was on was with Coach John Mosley from, from Netflix and uh, ELAC. So it's been a while, but with, with the college basketball season back in full, uh, fans back in attendance, Definitely wanted to uh, to get the podcast going again. Uh, Mikey V, how are you doing today? I am doing very, very well, Sean. Very excited to be back on the Sean Mohoops podcast. And thank you, as always, for having me on. Um, I thought your interview with Coach Mosley was wonderful. And I think that people can still go back and listen to that. Um, but yeah, really excited for tomorrow, the start of college basketball, and just Thanks as always, Sean. No problem. And, and um, you know, I know you've been busy throughout the spring, summer, and fall on, on the recruiting circuit. Uh, so I know you've been been staying diligent um, and also have been out to a practice at Oregon to see the new look Ducks, uh, as well as you'll be heading to the Oregon SMU game uh, this Friday as well. So, uh keeping abreast of, of the West Coast and the recruiting scene as always. But, mm-hmm. you know, with, with college hoops kicking off today, uh, you know, last last year was a little bit of a letdown with, with how everything, you know, started out in the, the empty gyms. But here, you know, it should be full crowds. And with that, we have the Kentucky Duke and Michigan State uh, Kansas Champions Classic, which always kicks the season and, and usually kicks off kind of, the, the other unofficial preseason favorite, depending on who does who does well uh, in this in this matchup, um, you know, with with these games, I'll start with Kentucky Duke first. Who are you excited to to watch, and and what are your what are your thoughts on on some of these these opening games? With Duke, the guy I'm really excited to watch is a player that I had hoped to see in the. 2020 and 2021 Nike Hoop Summit play for the world team, and that is Paolo Bancaro. I just think that he is going to have a wonderful college career, and I think that he's like at least to me, he and Chet Holmgren start the season as kind of the odds on favorite as the top pick and potential pick in the 2022 NBA draft. So, yeah, really want to see how Paolo does. Um, I think AJ Griffin is playing. He had, had played in uh, Duke's kind of, you know, exhibition games. So I, I'd be great to see him. I know he kind of hasn't really played basketball for the last couple of years. And then on the Kentucky side, the freshman is always. I, I, Ty Ty Washington is the player that seems to be gaining the most buzz out of UK. And Damian Collins is somebody who's very intriguing because of his combination of um, physical attributes and athleticism, um, along with some skill set as well. So, yeah, those are kind of I, the freshmen are the the players that I'm really excited to see in that first champion classic game. Yeah, I mean, I think the especially in in this matchup, uh, the freshmen are usually the ones to watch. A few years ago, it was uh, R.J. Barrett and Zion kind of taking the world by storm and and blasting blasting Kentucky. Uh, that was great. Setting the world on fire before 
uh, not making the final four that year, but it was still, <laughs> you know, still led to a lot of publicity throughout the whole season um, and, and definitely did take everybody by storm given, given the close, the close point spread. And I think, you know, with, with Duke Banchero's definitely getting a lot of the attention. Uh, you know, I haven't seen him since uh, the Pango, you know, Pangos event several years ago. And, and just by watching, watching his, his video, it looks like he's, you know, lost a lot of, a lot of fat, uh, gotten a lot stronger and, and quicker, uh, you know, to go along with his, his shooting and, and kind of pro moves. So, I think he'll be pretty interesting to watch. You know, it'll be also interesting to see how some of the returners for Duke uh, integrate into uh, the star freshman. But, you know, I think uh, Mark Williams is is one guy who really came on at the end of the year last year for Duke, uh, put up very efficient, uh, really good numbers. And he almost had his turning point in the loss to UNC at the Dean Dome. Duke played horribly that game, but he, he was kind of, a ray of sh- sunshine and then he had you know that that monster game against louisville before their season shut down so i think for you know it'll be very entertaining to see how he does given the improvement but also how he mixes in with some other some other bigs and then you know kentucky they have a whole new class but from the freshmen but also grad transfers and just seeing uh you know how those those two groups mix together last year kentucky couldn't shoot the ball at all um and they should have some some shooters coming in along with you know uh, a handful of a handful of other players but to your point ty ty washington's the one that i think everybody's excited about and then kansas michigan state doesn't get you know as much of the publicity but you know i I think kansas should be right now they're you know ranked number three but i think they have a legit title shot this year, uh, especially with with who they return and, and some of their additions. But uh, what are your thoughts on on the Kansas Michigan State game? Yeah, I feel like if I had to choose teams to, I would go with the favorites, and that would be Duke in the first game and Kansas against Michigan State. Um, a lot of really good returnees, and um, you know they bring in Remy Martin. Um, they, uh, have Oshai Baji and, uh, Christian Brown. Um, yeah, like, you know, uh, David McCormick is back as well. Um, yeah, looks like a, a really strong team there. I, I know Jalen Wilson is out, uh, the first few games due to, uh, I believe it was driving under the influence. Um, but I, I just don't think Michigan State has that same kind of firepower that Kansas will have and um, that level of depth that I think Kansas has right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's always fun to watch, uh, you know, four highly touted teams play each other right off the bat, especially given, you know, the majority of other schools are are kind of warming up, um, you know, for a few games at, at the very least before some of the big tournaments start. But I want to go out west um, to a school not far from who, from the betting favorite to ESPN. I mean, every every single place you look, Gonzaga is number one. I don't think I've seen a place where Gonzaga is not number one. Um, Yeah. With you know, with that, obviously they had the tremendous year last year. Almost, you know, almost pulled off the undefeated run before losing to 
losing to Baylor and getting dominated by Baylor in the championship game. But they they have an in, you know interesting mix of losing some key pieces, but getting some some great freshmen coming in, um, but also re- returning you know Timmy and Nemhard and and others uh, that that carried a lot of the weight last year. Do you have Gonzaga as your number one team to kick the year off? I think they're at least in the mix. Like it's, it's hard to say that there is a team better than them. And I, I think the, the real thing there is they bring back a guy who was a first team all American and drew Timmy and just dominated college basketball for a majority of last year. Then they bring in Chet Holmgren who was fantastic in the um, U19s world championship and he just has such a like you know this skill set that he, where he can shoot he's an amazing rim protector he has ball skills and passing ability like i think the um fit with he and timmy should be pretty flawless and they have guards they have wings like they they have a ton of depth and the one team like that i honestly think might be like my favorite after them is the team that they beat in the final four. I think UCLA um, is another team that like similar, similarly has depth. Um, and then they bring in a few key new additions as well. Peyton Watson, Miles Johnson, uh, just to kind of shore up that lineup. But yeah, when I know that they barely got out of the uh, play-in game against Michigan state, but they made it count, and I, I just think that that team is really going to be a, a tough out as well when uh, March comes around. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on on UCLA. Usually, you know, I, I take those teams that made that long long run in the tournament, um, and, and just kind of they're they're ones that are easy to. Uh, maybe bet against or uh, know that they're not going to live up to the hype. But I think UCLA, as you mentioned, with with who they return, they did add a few few pieces that could, uh, once again, depending on how they mesh into the team, um, could provide some additional benefit. But I think Johnny Juzang, him coming back, uh, this will be his his third year in in college, uh, and you know, really second year of. Well, first year of kind of being the go-to guy, he, he established that towards the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you know, this year we'll have that from the very beginning. Um, and, and he's a guy, once again, I, I know we've talked a lot, but going back a few years of watching him in high school in the same area as Zaire Williams. And now here's a guy that is kind of having his third year in, in high, third year in college versus uh, Zaire who's in the NBA, but didn't really make yeah. an impact in college. So you know, it's finding, you know, I think finding, you know, similar, similarly talented players, but for whatever reason, maybe different differences on how NBA teams look and can go a long way, obviously. And, in, in uh, in the, <laughs> in, in, in how a team does. Um, yeah. I, well, I, I think there, there definitely is a difference there in terms of like athleticism and physical attributes and, uh, things along those lines. But if, if you're talking about who had the better college basketball season last year, um, and remember that Johnny Juzang really struggled as a freshman as well. So, yeah, but, yeah, Johnny looked great. And then the guy who I think is, like, 
really the key for them is, is Jaime Jaquez. And uh, mm -hmm. I thought he had a fantastic year and great NCAA tournament as well. Um, bringing those two guys back and just the added depth, I, I think um, they, you know, they, they just they have a lot of firepower and a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough for any team to match up with those two on the on the perimeter. Uh, and and then you have Campbell running the point. And once again, I think, you know, Peyton Watson has gotten all the publicity, potential lottery pick, et cetera. Uh, so I think if he can almost have that Scotty, Scotty Barnes type, uh, type of impact of he's not going to be the one scoring 20 points a game, but if he can have a good attitude and, and play defense and, and score when when needed, I think that will go a long way versus if, if he wants to be the guy and all of a sudden it's him versus Juzang, I think that's how their, you know, their, their season could get disrupted a little bit, but uh, kind of talking about this Gonzaga kind of the, the thing you mentioned was who, who else would be number one. And I think that is a good question, but the case against Gonzaga is, you know, in, in terms of who they, they did lose. Uh, so once again, Corey Kispert uh, shot the lights out from three last year, finished at 44%, um, hitting nine, 91 threes. And, but he just had some absolute monster games and really was the key player that stretched the defense for Gonzaga. Uh, Joel Ayayi also hit 39%, but it's really Kispert that was was the huge difference, difference maker, I think. And losing him, I think, is no you know, you can't just plug somebody in and, and make that machine go, not to mention Jalen Suggs, who was the perfect point guard yeah. last year for them. So there's definitely going to be some growing pains with them. Uh, you know, I think Timmy and, and Holmgren will be a monster front court, but you don't lose that type of shooting um, overnight and, and replace it that easily. Although from a freshman perspective, you know, I do love Hunter Salas. So excited to see how he's going to do in that machine. But I think, uh, once again, losing, losing Kispert, I think should be talked to talked about a lot more and is probably the reason, uh, I won't have Gonzaga, you know, cutting down, cutting down the nets at the end of the year, but you know, Ooh. they, they are testing themselves early with Texas, UCLA, some others. Uh, so it'll definitely be fun to watch Holmgren and, and Timmy, uh, play together. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that Duke game as well. Like, yeah, I, I love the fact that they at least have a, a really kind of strong uh, non-conference schedule. And, but yeah, I, well, I would. When, when they're going to, you know, think really will be the one, one or two games that they're, they're challenged in, in an improved West Coast conference, um, you know, Loyola Marymount's a little better and, you can San Francisco is getting some love, especially in Kempom, but realistically, you know, they're challenged November and, and December. And then, uh, you know, that kind of really will determine where they're at in, in March from a, from a seating perspective. Um, yeah. Moving I, down. I, I would even think they could lose like a game or two and still probably get the number. No, I, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I think they're going to fly through the West coast conference but I do not think that they're going to be undefeated um, come March uh, once again. So no, de definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. Um, although that's 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 easy to say uh, in terms of you know it's obviously hard to go undefeated and 
that team last year was was pretty pretty special. Um, yeah, but, definitely. But once again, no no small feat in entering March Madness undefeated. So uh, yeah. I'll go I'll go with more than I'll go with you know two or two or three losses. Uh, you know when they yeah. when they enter. So, um, but kind of I'm gonna jump down the rankings and this team is 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 all over the map. But I'm gonna go to Memphis. Uh, and the reason mm-hmm. I'm going to Memphis is because of who they added late in terms of what could have been, you know, the top one, two uh, players in the high school class of 2022. But uh, Jalen Duran, Duran and Imani Bates uh, both enrolled at Memphis under Penny Hardaway, uh, both played uh, just recently together in the AAU Peach Jam. And I know you, you've been following these guys for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. So how, what are your expectations for them? And are they going to be kind of one of the top TV teams for you? Yeah, well, they're going to be a team that I watch very closely, of course. Um, with Imani Bates, he's a 2023 draft prospect. So, uh, but still, it'll be great to get eyes now. on him. I, I think it's going to stay that way just because he's born in 2004 and they've always been like incredibly rigid about that. Um, so yeah, I have a feeling that he and Durin it's, it's funny because, you know, like late edition, they're both incredibly talented players. Durin has like these amazing hands, the wide shoulders and the athleticism along with like, you know, budding uh, ability from the outside um, and some real ball skills. Imani Bates just with a great package of offense. And I think he's going to be on ball quite a bit. Like that's still supposedly the story. So yeah, I, I have a feeling that they could eventually like be lower in the rankings than they even are now, because it seems like they're right now 12 in the AP um, I think they're going to take their lumps early on and as much talent as they have, like, it's just going to be about being a cohesive team, but yeah, like my eyes are going to be on the prospects and it's going to be on how Jalen Duran and Imani Bates look, uh, as two of the guys who likely would have been top 22, uh, high school prospects. Yeah. I think a guy who was probably was not probably, but was over overhyped um, at the beginning in terms of the next Duran and the best player yeah. in the class and, and everything as a, as a freshman. And, and maybe uh, I think this past spring and summer, the backlash of that, and now might even be the hate has gone too far on him. So mm-hmm. excited to see how he does in, in college. Uh, when I think, if the expect if you have proper expectations of he's not going to be dropping forty points a night, but just watching somebody extremely talented. Uh, but you know, speaking of him and the NBA draft, I know you you're the man who loves the you know the the, the measurements. Uh, yes, and, and his <laughs> measurements were were less than were less than stellar. Were you surprised at kind of the wingspan, vertical, and some of the other items for him? The athleticism stuff, I was a little surprised it was like that kind of, it, it wasn't good. But <laughs> at the same time, I am I I feel like the players that try out for the combine always seem to have much better athleticism testing than they do in college. Like if they're kind of getting like the rigid, like I had heard that 
they had like very legit measurement people there um weren't necessarily like the insane numbers that we saw out of like you know like overtime elite and everything like that the one thing that i also wonder is uh they didn't have standing reach and that's a thing that i always like to see where their like vert reach was or like you know maybe had a a good like standing vertical as far as the wingspan stuff um i knew jalen duran was around that range and monty bates i had like they had old numbers from nike skills academy where he was like basically a plus one um i was surprised it was like i think it was like six seven and a half or something along those lines um it also was really funny that it was like their roster height and their roster weight rather than like height without shoes or like height with shoes like it it seemed like there could be something like slightly off in terms of that um but no i i wasn't surprised and and that's like the other thing with imani bates is like he doesn't have the seven five wingspan of a kevin durant he doesn't have like you know even like Michael Porter Jr. was a guy who never had like amazing length or anything, but he was really tall. And Imani Bates isn't like that in terms of uh, physical profile, obviously not that in terms of athleticism, Um, but just still, you know, he absolutely, he has agility, fluidity, and just can make shots in many different ways. So yeah, still a very talented player. And I, I agree with you that I feel like, you know, the backlash has maybe gone a bit too far with him. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll definitely definitely see. Um, and, and once again, I think they're probably one of the teams I'm most looking forward to watching. Usually, Memphis. Uh, you know, I think last year they started off maybe hot in their first game, and then just right back, right yeah. back down to earth uh, for for the remainder of the season. Very true. And one last thing, Sean, when you're like a big wing with who can actually play on the wing with ball skills. I feel like also like that wingspan may matter like a little bit less. Just, you know, if you have that ability where you're that comfortable on the perimeter, which I I think Imani Bates does. Like, I I don't think he's a guy that you have to slot into uh, the four spot potentially. So that could uh, also really help his cause. Uh, That that definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, So, Kind of talked about some of the top teams. I'm going to go into one of our our, our normal uh, segments that hasn't been done in a while, but buy buy sell. Uh, so I'm going to mm-hmm. give you I'll give you three teams. Actually, I'll keep it top ten teams, um, okay. and you can uh, buy buy or sell them for for the season. So the first team is a soon to be SEC team, but not yet. But we're going to go down to Austin in Texas, who is currently ranked, uh, let's see, number five in both the AP and the coaches poll, and new coach, um, basically all all new all new players. Uh, are you buying the transfers being able to gel so quickly under under Coach Beard? I'm buying them. I'm buying them, and I I, I think they have a legit shot in winning the Big Twelve. Call me crazy, but yeah, I I think that they got a great group of transfers. Um, they have a lot of depth. They have some shooting. They have some ability to create offense. Chris Beard, always great defensive coach. So yeah, I, I'm buying Texas as like a real kind of contending team this year. How about yourself? Okay. Um, I'm selling. I'm selling Texas. Ooh. 
be they'll be good. They'll be entertaining with you know they they do return some guys and Courtney Ramey and and Andrew Jones that were pretty pretty key. Um, you know, and then you add in once again you just list list the transfers from from Marcus Carr to to Trey Mitchell and Timmy Allen. Now Timmy Allen is is a guy that uh, definitely tough. high on. Um, yeah. So he's you know I remember. I think it was the first live period he was playing on the 16 and 16, 16 under Compton Magic team. And I remember I just walked by or I was watching his warmups. I'm like, man, who who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And it was none other than Timmy Allen. So I've definitely followed him, you know, those first two years pretty closely at Utah. Uh, yeah. So I think, I mean, he's, I, I don't know, maybe I'm almost talking myself into, into buying them. Uh, Honestly, you have Christian Bishop, you have Dylan DeSue. You have Trey Mitchell, like, you know, I, I know Marcus Carr is kind of like the early favorite, I guess, for a Big 12 player of the year. But I I think they have some transfers that might even be more impactful than even Marcus Carr. Yeah, well. And then you have Askew as like a backup, you know. So, yeah. The, and I think that's where you have want a them. lot of depth. Right. They, yeah, they, they do have depth. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just uh, re- reverse course and – Although I'm not going to say I'm buying them, you know, I think I'm buying them for an entertaining team uh, and That's one that sure. will, will play hard. But I think I'm still selling them compared to maybe expectations and that five seed that they that they currently are. Um, but once I think, you know, with the coaching change and just the the transfer portal, a whole influx of, of talent to offset a team that was very good last year and one that just – uh what you didn't have the right buttons pushed in that that first first round first round loss but you know i think that team also struggled to score at times especially outside of matt coleman and i think this team will be able to uh to get some buckets a little bit a little bit easier um now i'm going to go up north to my favorite conference the big 10 and mm-hmm. i'm going to go <laughs> with michigan first for you are you buying or yeah. selling michigan I I think you have to. I don't know because if it's between Michigan and Purdue, it's really tough. I was just thinking about Michigan and like they're so talented as well, and you know just have like all that front court firepower right now. They bring in Caleb Houston. Uh, I've heard really good things about Musa Diabate too, and how he's looked early on. Hunter Dickinson is back. Um, so yeah, I. If it's between Michigan and Purdue, I I think I might be leaning Michigan. How about yourself? Where are you thinking? If on, I'm on giving yourself? you the option to, I mean, if yeah, if well, I guess that's a good question. Who are you taking, Michigan or Purdue? You, you just took Michigan, but I think you're, you're able to. I was going to go Purdue next anyway, as as the third team. So oh okay, you know you could you could still buy. So it's so hard to sell either of them. Like they both look really good. <laughs> And I like I'm I'm not as so I think Jaden Ivey is really talented and a really good scorer. Um, I'm not necessarily like is in on him as like the top returning so, guy. Do you know the backstory of how he why he did not end up at Notre Dame with his mom coaching there and him growing up there? Oh, like are, do you know it or does I don't no I, I don't I was I was I was curious. My, well, um, he, his mom was a coach with. Um, the Grizzlies at the time, I think he was being recruited. 
um, before um, she went back to Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, that is a little, a little strange. I, I, I'll admit it, but I, I'm guessing he must like the vision in, in Purdue and, and they have a great team also. So yeah, it's like they have the two big guys who like Zach Eady last year, I couldn't believe what IMG had done with him. Like that was pretty amazing. Um, Trevion Williams, then you bring in Ivy. Um, you have a few other like scoring players. Um, yeah, they, they all look really good. Like those are three teams who I, it's really hard for me to sell any one of them, unfortunately. Well, after, after selling Texas, I'm, I'm buying both the, the big 10 teams in Michigan last year. Uh, I, I was, I was not buying Michigan. I thought they were going to fall off. Uh, they, yeah. they, they definitely made it farther than I expected last year. Um, you know, I think, really intrigued by Devonte Jones. So we'll see how he does mm-hmm. in that, the jump up from uh, the Sun Belt to, to the big 10, obviously a tremendous jump in terms of competitiveness, but he was a guy that was kind of, you know, kind of getting some NBA looks, you know, probably could have been on a summer league roster. Uh, but now he's, he has a, a chance to go against top competition all year long. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, as you mentioned, one of the top returning bigs. And then, um, you know, a guy up from, from your neck of the woods in, in Caleb, Caleb Houston, uh, mm-hmm. and I probably, I don't know, one of the more pure shooters that's entering college basketball, I would say. Yep. So, you know, you have that kind of mixture of, of skill size and, and shooting, um, I think lends it to, lends itself to, you know, maybe, uh, me being a little higher on them than I was last year. And then Purdue, once again, I think, you know, I think they this. I know they have a history of losing early in the tournament, but I think this could be a year they they make make a run uh, with their yeah. play and with the size that they that they have and and who they return coming back. So, uh, you know, two two big. You know, the Big Ten will not be as strong as it was last year by any means, where they return pretty much everybody. But these two teams will will definitely be be at the top of the pecking order um, throughout. So. Um, you know, outside of those, those three teams, I, I know we could probably go for through each team, but I'll turn it over to you. If there's any kind of teams or players that, that you have your, your eye on or, or want to chat about. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, uh, between our alma maters, who do you think is going to be ranked higher at the end of the year? <laughs> well, I want to hear you talk about uh, Oregon. I mean, I think regarding North Carolina, I am. I think they will outperform their kind of nineteen twenty ranking uh, right now. I think in in years past, definitely felt they were a little overranked coming in, and fortunately, they they even surpassed maybe my expectations in terms of uh, you know. How, how bad they were a few years, even oh, though they geez. did end up as an eight seed last year. But it was it was trouble watching, you know, it was difficult watching them um, a lot of the time. I think this year, in terms of the bigs, are are, are they, they complement each other definitely a lot better. Armand Baycott, I think, is going to be in for a tremendous uh, season. Uh, he had one last year. He just didn't, you know, only played around twenty twenty two minutes, but was ext- you know extremely efficient. 
So I think he's going to be a beast. And then, you know, Dawson Garcia um, will, will, he'll, he'll have a strong sophomore year. And then Brady Manick, who is one of the top shooters in the game. So instead of having five true centers, now you have some guys that, that offer a little versatility, but yeah, stretch a little it, bit. It's all going to come down to the, the guard play of Caleb Love and, and RJ Davis. Last year, a lot was expected out of them. Uh, they both had very inefficient um, seasons throughout the year. And Caleb Love had some tremendous games, but uh, I mean, he shot horribly from the three-point line and turned the ball over at a high rate. So there's a, there, there's a lot of pressure on on how they perform, but at the same time, there's more offensive firepower around them where they don't have to be the stars. Uh, but I think with them, it's not going to come overnight. So it will take some time. You know, they have a tough schedule early on, so they might win one, lose two. But I think, um, you know, I'd say they're probably a top 10 to 15 type team. Um, so that's, that's where I could see them, uh, kind of coming out at the end of the year, just given who they did add from a, from a big man perspective, but would love to hear your take on Oregon. Yeah. I think that Oregon is at the very least going to be a, a really interesting team. Um, they have, uh, some very key transfers as well. Um, Quincy Garrier from Syracuse was, I, I felt kind of the star. Um, I, I feel like somebody who's likely going to step into the role of like a Eugene Omari, like that kind of thing. Um, and uh, was impressed with the shooting, uh, just strength, rebounding ability. Uh, I always love when Oregon kind of plays, you know, kind of a, a combo forward at the four. And I, I think, they're going to get that out of Quincy quite a bit. Um, and then the guards, you know, Sean Mo Hoop's favorite, Devin Harmon, and um, yep. Jacob Young, and uh, Will Richardson, of course. So you have, I, I feel like, a couple NBA prospects in Will Richardson and, and uh, I would say Quincy Gary as well. And um, those three right there are, are... – I'm not going to say the most exciting, but I mean, they're up there. Will Richardson was playing extremely well in the tournament last year or play was playing extremely well. And, and then, yeah, you add in Harmon who, you know, we, yeah. we got to watch a ton of USA basketball uh, in high school. So it's a, a lot of lucky action going on there. Yep. Just, yeah. Like it's funny how, much of them shoot with their left hand. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where do you think they could potentially uh, give UCLA a run uh, when it comes to the Pac-12? I feel like if there was a team that was going to, it would likely be Oregon. Um, I still would have them behind UCLA. But I think I that... Pac-12 is a little more, more interesting. Maybe, uh, granted... Granted, they did very well in the tournament last year, but uh, nobody, you know, nobody really gave them the time of day during the tournament. But I, I feel, uh, you know, they don't have the Evan Mobley, um, you know, number two draft pick. But I, I feel there no. is some, I feel there is some talent uh, in the Pac-12 this year, and even Arizona should be, should be back to you know being competitive again. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so. Beyond Oregon, which I think 
you know, I think where Oregon is ranked is likely the right spot. And uh, but I, I like the depth of the team. Uh, they have some some really good bigs. The the wing I think is just uh, the kind of question mark right now. But I, I think a, a couple really solid options there with uh, with Quincy likely playing there quite a bit with uh, Eric Williams Jr. I'm hoping to see the three guard lineup at times. Like I just think that would be a lot of fun and uh, could po- pose some issues. Um, but yeah, like a, a couple guys who I, I think from the Pac-12 who might be like a few of the top returnees in terms of draft prospects. Uh, Benedict Matherin from Arizona had a fantastic freshman year, and I felt like was a fringe like first round pick, like kind of. Uh, I think one of those pre-draft um, prospects, if uh, a team wanted to get an early look at somebody who could possibly elevate to maybe being a, a lottery pick this year, depending on how he's worked on his handle. But if he can keep like his shooting splits, his ability to finish at the basket, um, the athleticism are, are all things that are, are super intriguing to me. And then um, Jabari Walker, just like on a per minute basis and what he did against Georgetown and the NCAA tournament, like, you know, that's somebody that you really need to keep an eye on. Um, A guy who like looks almost exactly like his father, uh, Samaki Walker, um, but I think has a little bit more range, like a little bit more of the the modern day big. I know Samaki did have a a really nice mid-range shot, but. I feel like Jabari's kind of stretched that out and uh, just brings some great energy as well. So, yeah, those are a, a couple players who I think are among the top returning players uh, in the NCAA and should lead a couple of interesting Pac-12 teams as well. What are your thoughts on uh, somebody from the Bay Area, uh, Harrison Ingram? Harrison Ingram. I am, I'm just intrigued at what Stanford's going to do after last year's kind of debacle. Um, I, I, there was so much expectation on that team and I know that they went through absolute hell uh, during COVID, but yeah, Harrison Ingram is somebody, I think the jury's kind of still out on a shooting, but just um, his body athleticism, what he's able to do as an all around player are going to be really interesting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like I, I think, Stanford lost to Dejon Davis. They I, Bryce Wills, I think, turned pro. Um, yeah. d- should be some openings there for Harrison Ingram to get some time. And uh, I, I have a feeling he might be there a, a couple years, but certainly somebody that uh, is worth monitoring um, in NBA circles. Yeah, I mean, you don't see him really on any of the mock drafts at all, but I think, uh, you know, in terms of Stanford – Really, it could have been Sanford's year last year if, if things had broken their way, uh, starting with Tyrell Terry not blowing up at the end of his uh, freshman year and maybe him and Zaire are healthy and, and teaming together along with everybody they had they had returning. So they, they lose a ton. Um, Harrison Ingram is not going to jump off the charts athletically, but I think more and more as as – really skilled players have started to do do well from, you know, in that first round. I think he's a, from a skill perspective, somebody that can do a little bit of, of everything. Uh, he's not going to blow you away with his quickness, but I, I think could be a guy that, that surprises people given, given where he's at 
right now. So I'd say he's one of the more, uh, from a freshman perspective, one of the guys to keep my eye on, uh, my eye on uh, throughout mm-hmm. the season. So uh, some 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 talent in the Pac-12. So I think we might be might be talking talking West Coast hoops more more than we did last year. Um, so we'll be we'll be exciting. It. it might be hard. It might be hard to get you know the the $8 uh, USC or UCLA tickets that I've been used to getting the past uh, past few years with, with how they both did in the tournament tournament last year, but I think you'll have a hookup. You'll get in. Um, any, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Any other players or teams that kind of, you know, you're, you're, in, you're intrigued at entering the season. Um, so many. But just in terms of, I'm gonna give you one, oh. um, one random yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Southern Utah, Tevian Tevian Jones, who start he, he started at Illinois, uh, and transferred there. Had oh, a, didn't he have a brother that played back in the day too from Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's from Arizona. Ended up uh, his senior year uh, playing at Culver City High School in LA for for a year. So I got to watch him in person. Super athletic. Uh, couldn't really shoot at the time. Uh, you know, Illinois was a pretty big jump, but you know, he'll be, he's he'll be up for Player of the Year. And I mean, I don't even know what conference Southern Utah is in, but um, I know they've had a few kind of talented players from high major schools uh, um, the past few years that have done well. So he's a guy just from like kind of a low major perspective. And then from a team perspective, I'm going to go with St. Thomas up in Minnesota. Uh, They are going to be in the summit league, but they're making the very rare D three to D one transition. Um, and they were able to get, I think, one or two trans- D1 transfers. But uh, I'm really, I mean, usually it's hard enough to go from D2 to D1, let alone D3. Uh, so really intrigued to see how how they do in that transition. Uh, you know, it sounds like they have a great a great coach and, and one who's kind of great X's and O's, but also, you know, from a scheme perspective. So I don't know. To me, to me I'm... I'm very interested to see how how that team does and they start out with uh you know a, a quality game one matchup at chicago state a place where i watched many uh, many high school games uh unfortunately no uh no whack action uh with chicago state um that that didn't get me down to the south side but jabari parker and jalil okafor and cliff cliff alexander certainly certainly did but uh, so Tevian Jones and St. Thomas from off the, off the radar perspective. Like your Terry Taylor last year, I'm sure. Hey. It's, oh man. It's such a fun player to watch. <laughs> um, and I, the last team I kind of wanted to shout out is uh, Auburn. And I, I know they kind of had a, a rough go in the exhibition games, but um yeah, I'm really intrigued by Jabari Smith Jr., um, who I think has the potential to be kind of like a, you know, a upper echelon of 
the NBA draft kind of player, um, somebody that, you know, has athleticism, um, some weak side rim protection, and can really shoot the ball. Um, and uh, also has, has – how, how do you think he's going to be – how do you think him and Kessler are going to – Yeah, the, and that's why I'm really – I'm wondering as well. Like, I, I feel like Kessler may be kind of – they may, like, switch – that inside outside roles like uh it seems like walker wants to shoot a little bit so yeah he's uh what do you think about as far as walker kessler like it, it seemed like he really was starting to come on at the end of the year at north carolina and um yeah like uh, i i don't know I, I i think you guys got a a really nice stable of big men right now but yeah like i, I have a feeling he could do really well at auburn also yeah, I mean, I think from a defensive perspective, with his length, uh, really good, really good shot blocker. Um, you know, he he had great great numbers on a, on a permanent basis last year. It was definitely coming on offensively once he started to get some get some confidence. Uh, I think you saw that in the the Florida State game and mm-hmm. uh, Notre Dame in the, in the tournament as well as just a few examples. Uh, I think one area where teams will try to attack him is in the pick and roll uh, and just kind of getting him there. Just, you know, his agility was, was definitely lacking at times last year in that and, and often uh, kind of exposed, exposed him. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think a year under his belt, he started the year, uh, you know, I think he, he had to sit for almost two weeks. So he, he really started the year behind, behind schedule. And I think it took a while to catch up. Uh, and, and then you'll have a guy, Jabari Smith, who I love. You know, they both played against each other a lot in, in high school. In, in the yeah, yeah. But he's a guy that is is you know he could I mean, he could play five, but he's kind of like your your true stretch four uh, mm-hmm. and, and a guy with a very smooth smooth shooting stroke. So th- those two, it'll be you know in terms of how Bruce Pearl. Uh, plays them together and and maybe if they're interchangeable at times but uh yeah Auburn I mean that Auburn and the SEC there's definitely a lot of returning talent outside of what you know normally is your Kentucky and, and a bunch of others but I think Auburn Alabama Arkansas will all be you know teams to keep your eye on absolutely absolutely yeah SEC I think is a really strong conference this year yeah, I mean, and and you know Alabama with the guards returning, uh, you know Florida has has some guys returning. I mean, you can kind of go down down the list, and they're they're you know the SEC has definitely done well for themselves in the transfer yeah. portal and getting some some strong strong freshmen. Uh, and then you know the the Big East I think is is kind of uh, forgotten at times, but Villanova, UCLA on uh, this Friday night at UCLA. Be a good one. I know top five. I think they return a lot in terms of uh, an extreme amount of experience. But you know, losing Jeremiah Robinson Earl is always is always going to be losing a guy like that, and especially a big who could shoot like that yeah. and, and handle the ball will be will be a you know similar to the Corey Kispert. I think a big a big loss, and then you have. Uh, you know, some of the other teams, Baylor and, and others that are going to try to find find their identity. So, yeah, I'm just excited to see the games kick off. And, and then, you know, especially the first really 
four or five weeks, there's going to be a lot of big matchups and, and strong tournaments. So it should be should be a fun time of year and especially seeing the crowds full again uh, will definitely give give everything an added dimension of excitement. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so great to have people back in the building again. Well, uh, I guess in our, in our closing closing parts, any anything else you're excited either excited for or want to call anybody's attention to, whether it's a team, player, coach, you name it. Could I call my attention to Perspective Insight and uh, just what we've been doing lately? So I'm part of Perspective Insight. Um, we do scouting and we have great video and we will have college basketball coverage. We cover tons of high school events. So want to shout out our latest uh, PI Pulse is just our original content. And we had a names to know for the 2022 NBA draft and beyond uh, by Tyler Glazier, um, Matt McKay Jr. doing some great work, Conrad Chow. We have a fantastic team there. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for the uh, Oregon SMU game on uh, Friday, but I'm super stoked for another year of college basketball. Sean Moran Tell the people about what you have coming up as well. Uh, we'll, we'll be getting to see, uh, as you mentioned, Oregon, I'll be seeing UNC uh, at the Dean Dome for the first time since Marcus Page was a freshman. So uh, it should, you know, that should be fun this coming Friday night. Uh, UNC Brown, uh, you know, have seen UNC uh, numerous times in the Midwest, West Coast, Hawaii over the years, but uh, it's been a while since I've been back in Chapel Hill. So excited for that. And then uh, once again, just, fo- you know, following, following the games, the teams, uh, you know, the high school, everything is kind of almost, almost back, back to normal. Um, and hopefully it can, it can stay that way. So looking forward to another season and another season of, of the podcast as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sean. And I hope you have, an amazing time back in Dean Dome. Um, but thanks as always for having me on the Sean Mo Hoops podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And, and uh, definitely won't be, won't be the first of, of many uh, episodes where we can talk about what, what we saw, what, what to expect, and, and a lot more buy-sell on, on some of the teams. But, uh, you know, I think from a prospect perspective, we've been – you know, pretty early on to bring, bring uh, some, some prospects out there. So hopefully we can, we can do that again this year, but uh, with that, Mikey V, thanks for coming on. Um, And thanks to all those who listen to uh, the first edition of the 2021, 22 Shamu hoops pod and looking forward to talking to Mikey V and, and other guests along the way. So chat with you guys later.